0: Alto University Podcast This is Cloud
1: Reachers, I'm Tommy Kaupin, and today I have a pleasure to have a guest. Alkiani Baklatsi, how are you doing? Where are you now?
0: Hello, Tommy. Good morning. And thank you very much for inviting me here to have this nice talk. I'm Alkiani Baglazzi, and I'm currently in Athens, in Greece.
1: Great. Hey, uh, Alkiani, can you share something about yourself and your background?
0: Yes, of course. I have a technical background with a diploma in surveying engineering from the National Technical University of Athens and a master's in Geoinformatics from the University of Munster. And uh, after having worked for the private and public sector and uh, big organizations like the World Bank, I have uh, currently founded with Afroridi Riga here in Athens, Spotlight on Innovation, a nonprofit organization based in Greece. We are focusing on the development of innovative learning activities in various fields of action, and location and geospatial information plays a very important role in our work. So our philosophy mainly is to bring together ideas, methods, and people from different disciplines and serving as their meeting point. We want to create innovation and uh, we like to um, have these differences we see in each other, so Afroditi and me, because we have different backgrounds. I'm more from the engineering part, Afroditi is more from the human sciences and communication background, bring them together and uh, create something new with all the different people we bring in.
1: Wow. Um, now let's have a, a deep dive into a- everything that you say. <laughs> in this episode, uh, I would like to have a um, discussion about, especially about your experience and perspectives um, working with schools. You mentioned that uh, you're working already with them. But um, how do you see... Um, different aspects about community building and the role of spatiality, spatial information in all of this. So, um, so let, let's start with the um, question like, uh, how do you see the world now, uh, um, especially what educators and students wish and expect to learn and how?
0: Yeah, a very interesting question, Tommy. <clears throat> so, in the framework of our activities, And on the occasion of the 100 Years from the Minor Asia Catastrophe, we implemented the map competition project here in Greece, where we asked students and educators from primary and secondary schools to search for for stories of refugees of the past within their families or in their broader environment, and use geospatial storytelling to narrate the stories with the aid of digital maps. So what we did was actually combine uh, history, uh, geography, special thinking, technology, all these aspects to create something new. The project was just concluded yesterday, and uh, we are very, very impressed and happy because the journey we started with two people, me and Alphaviti, and an idea has now grown to a learning community with 36 schools, 52 teachers, and 375 students throughout Greece. Um, through this journey, uh, students and teachers have come to realize the importance of location and speciality, something we already believe in very much, particularly me because of my background. And it is so nice to see that all those students and educators see how much speciality is within everything they do. And uh, of course, to to see um, how location can function as an integrator of the information. So while collecting all the material and uh, needing to put it on a map, somehow this constructed and uh, gave a certain form to their stories. And uh, although at the beginning, special thinking and all these maps and geography and history may have seemed a bit disjoint. In that that aspect, we would like to thank all the teachers and uh, students who were bravely uh, following this idea, although it may have seemed strange at the beginning. Uh, The end result and the MAP competition have proven that uh, these uh, different fields can be combined. And by combining them, um, you create something very innovative and new. And now seeing students and educators already using spatial storytelling and all the the elements they learned within this map competition in their other activities and lessons, it really strengthens our belief of the importance of geospatial information in schools and in general. So um, for us, a very new experience, a very nice experience, a strong experience And of course, now seeing all these educators and um, students asking for more, so more maps, more location, more more visualization, um, to exploit further the potential of space um, is very rewarding for us. Uh,
1: What kind of fields, uh, can you give um, some examples of what kind of stories the teachers were telling with maps?
0: So the idea was, to trace um, the stories of your refugees of the past from the Asian minor catastrophe. So they went back to their uh, grandfathers, grandmothers, and maybe even uh, further back and um, depicted in their stories, the route from minor Asia to Greece. So this is a big historical moment, let's say, in a very dark part of the Greek history. Um, and within their these stories, they went back to trace this route, to um, trace the experience, to talk about the feelings and uh, all, all these uh, things that happened back then. Um, and with the help of the maps. Uh, and all the other material they found, for example, um, photographs, old photographs from, uh, from their uh, ar- fami- family archives or um, jewellery they brought about or carpets uh, and many, many things. Um, they told the truth, they told the truth about the stories
1: whoa hey um it sounds that um that's amazing first of all it sounds that um you have um you have achieved to create a very engaged uh community of teachers and uh, you mentioned some things like like feelings and and also of course the importance of uh of of looking at these stories and and communicating these stories but uh, can you um share the listeners uh more secrets more of your secrets like how, do you, how, do you, have you, how have you managed to create a, such an engaged community of teachers?
0: Yeah, um, I think as it happens with all relationships, and uh, this is something we experience in our case, first you need to gain the trust. And since this happens and others see how you work, the community is gradually built. Uh, in our case, the building elements, of course, were hard work, continuous support, and uh, regular communication. And um, this uh, project uh, started in, let's say, December 2021 and finished now. Over more than two months, we had regular seminars in order to train the educators and the students on the service we, we used. We used Esri's RTI story maps. And we were constantly available for them to solve questions, to provide support and to take a bit the the fear of the technology, let's say, because we always uh, kept the stories uh, in the the middle of the whole action. And the technology was there to support us. And this is something I think all of them appreciated, at least from their feedback. So uh, all participants realized that they have someone to count on. And uh, we, since the very beginning, have been very committed to the goal. And all others on board started being committed on this goal. And at the end, the goal was common. And I think this was uh, a thing that um, built this community so strongly. And hearing now that they want to learn more,
1: uh strengthens this community step by step. Wow, so trust, feelings, um commitment to the goal. Sounds very good. Um hey, um and I mean totally agree because I I was just thinking about my own experience and uh and uh that totally makes sense and also um you mentioned the continuous um Seminars, regular seminars. Can you? Uh, were there some um, changes uh, during the seminar? So, how did you um, figure out what people want to learn or what they want to know when you started? And uh, was it very different from like the last seminars
0: you had? Well, I think at the beginning, no one had any idea of uh, the journey uh, they were starting with us. Uh, Of course, we had a very clear idea of how we wanted to structure all the learning part and the learning material. And I think uh, what we did was to present it in a way we would like to see if we uh, were in their position. So um, having experience from the the learning uh, aspects, uh, we structured it in a way we would like to have it taught to us. and I think it was very really smoothly. So at the beginning, they didn't know anything, with no expectation. Gradually, this was built, and um, I, I I believe that uh, all teachers and educators just enjoyed it how it was structured.
1: Wow! So um, yeah, I really like that uh, that you um, were trying to feel like how or think like how you would yourself like to uh, learn it, just absolutely love it. Um, that's that's uh, empathy, um, kind of next level, next level of empathy. Um, I would like to hear uh, more about your thoughts about also storytelling. So a few questions come to my mind. So what, in, what in um, your view, can we achieve by using storytelling? And uh, also, perhaps as a follow-up, now kind of what are the main elements of storytelling, and how can it connect information? How does it how does it work um, to basically tell the story, and so that we understand something?
0: Yeah, excellent, uh, excellent question, excellent thought. Actually, um, we see stories everywhere. And uh, we see storytelling around us more and more. And um, for sure, there is no better way to convey a message, message than a story. Particularly, and we saw this in our case, uh, when the story is experiential and personal, as were all the stories in the map competitions, uh, which combined what we, we discussed about earlier, the historic information and the personal memories, And of course, the geo aspects, combining all this. Um, Looking now uh, at these 96 stories that were submitted to the competition, um, the big asset I think of the stories uh, is the truth they convey. And uh, I think truth is what differentiates one story from the other. Um, and uh, yeah, I would like to see more stories and uh, more geo stories because uh, geo is a very um, important aspect in all stories. Because most of the things we do around us have to do with space. So I want to see more, and we want to see more, and we will continue. Uh, we will continue working on geo stories in the future.
1: <clears throat> so you mentioned the truth. So. Um... So really checking that all the facts are as, I mean, objectively true. So based on research, science, of course, as well as possible. Um, Yeah,
0: well, um, I don't know if it's only this part of the truth, but the the personal truth, like the perspective uh, someone gives from his view on the story, because sometimes you know it's not about uh, objectivity or subjectivity but about uh, showing the different contexts the different perspectives and i think this is very very valuable for all of us
1: mm-hmm. absolutely yeah so so because then then it's um it's certainly different viewpoints and um and uh, different arguments and then basically it's uh, for the watcher or listeners to create the kind of the final story if you like uh connecting to her previous experiences and uh and knowledge. Yeah I love that. and uh, so,
0: uh sorry to interrupt you Tommy but uh one more thing um in order to create the story you have to go through a journey and this is what we we saw a lot in this map competition where uh, students and educators went out, visited people and took interviews. So a lot of people that supported this creation of the story because it's not about one person writing the story, but listening in order to write the story. Uh So this aspect uh, also uh, supports all this importance of the story because in order to write one story, Imagine how many people you have visited.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So <laughs> this is uh, this is super interesting because I mean, does it mean that um, all stories, especially the good stories, are actually not really written by one author, but it's they are written by the larger community or the world itself. In a way, and of course, uh, there needs to be one or few persons to interpret all of these signs. And, and
0: yeah, I absolutely agree. And uh, in the map competition, we saw it happening. So um, this is how how it worked, at least mm. in our case. Mm.
1: Yeah, and perhaps that's um, that's super inter- interesting because I just uh, came to my mind that perhaps that also explains why we connect to some stories more than to other stories, right? Mm. So if they already uh, take us in as as co-orders, <laughs> almost as co-orders, then of course it uh, might resonate better with us.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Hey, what do you think, uh, Alkeny, what do you think the future will look like? Um, I don't know, say um, in 20 years, 2042. So... Um, especially um, related to learning. So what will people learn at schools or at, uni- uh, at universities? And um, also, um, if you take us to the future, then um, look at people, um, what kind of skills and attitudes or mindsets people should learn to be uh, ready for 2042, And um, I don't know, will there be holograms everywhere and artificial intelligence professors and robots running around even more than today? What do you think?
0: Well, this is a difficult uh, question or a difficult answer because it's difficult to predict the future as uh, things are evolving very rapidly. And uh, the last two, three years have proven that many unprecedented things can happen, okay? This is a reality we all face. Of course, robotics, artificial intelligence, STEM, digital education, and all these things are a reality, okay, already now. And students are becoming more and more familiar with this technology. So for sure, digital skills will be very high uh, in the learning agenda. And uh, we, as uh, spotting Spotlight on Innovation, are supporting these digital competencies. Uh, but uh, we would like to not forget the importance of soft skills. So no matter how all this evolves in the future, how much technology will be in our lives, um, what we would like to see is uh, really digitalization coming hand in hand with our uh, human aspects. So to see even in 20, 30, 50 years, uh, the human-centric approach being in the middle of our activities, um, meaning inclusion, solidarity, respect, diversity, being within all this context of the technologies, which for us should serve um, our bigger scopes in general.
1: This came to my mind um, an interesting uh, question I would like to ask you, because we were you yeah, we were talking a lot about spatiality and, and geo um, aspect, um, but uh, how about time? So if we think about uh, like a regular day in 2042, or even today, um, in reality, people use major part of that day, with digital tools and gadgets of different kinds at least in in many fields and uh, in their regular life while even walking around with their mobile phone at hand. Um, so how do you see um, but will people want to find uh, more balance suddenly that okay well they need to be the human part as well <laughs> in the in the day so actually meeting people and, and doing something with them or or will this go even more to the direction of digital where we communicate perhaps with humans, but then there is always some digital tool between the humans. By the way, like, no, <laughs> we are not recording <laughs> this in the same same place. Uh, you are in Greece and I'm in Finland. So what do you see about the time?
0: Uh, well, I think that... The... Digital uh, gadgets and things will always be there, but um, they should serve uh, th- they should serve people, not uh, be the uh, middle of their action. and um, the trend is of course to going more digital, but I hope and um, I-, I wish to see that um, we take time offline. So to really, be there when things happen and uh, really decide, make the own decision to um, differentiate our digital life from our, let's say, human life. Um, because we are humans, so some aspects will always be there.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What it mean, um that we should perhaps need some, well, digital tools that uh, would say that, okay, now now it's time to, and I think this exists, like, I think in, in many mobile phones, you can set up, like, okay, max seven hours of phone today, or I don't know. Um, so, but will this be even more mainstream, and it's like, okay, now take a walk, or, I don't know, now meet some people, actual people in a cafeteria. Uh, I
0: wish that the won't come from the technology, the tool, but from our inner will. I I really wish. I don't know. Um, Maybe we have a podcast in 20 years and looking back, uh, say, (laughs) okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, let's have it. And uh, by the way, I I totally agree with you. I mean, while I was saying that that should take this digital tool, I was also thinking that perhaps it's better if it comes from our inner will, that we are, okay, now enough is enough. Now I'll have a walk and I'll actually, you know, invite a friend or two to join me. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: absolutely. Hey, um, talking about human life and, and um, being a human. So um, can, you, can you share some turning point in your life or studies? Something that made you um, think differently about life, about studying, about learning, about anything?
0: Um, well, I think we would need a whole new podcast for this question. <laughs> and, yes, <have> it. But, <laughs> but yeah, but some key points I, I have learned or let's say keep in mind every day is uh, that every day is a learning day. And there is always the potential every day to think differently and evolve as a person. And as long as you are willing or we are willing work with ourselves and as long as we are open to change and the t- challenging challenges life brings us uh, this will bring us to something new and uh, we should welcome the new um, and the new brings you then a new new and uh, this is how things at least in my life uh, have evolved since uh, since I was a kid
1: mm-hmm. excellent um, uh, Talking about um, every day being a day to learn something. So um, what do you think um, the pandemic, COVID-19 pandemic uh, from 2020 to happening still now, as of 2022, um, still in many ways, what has it uh, taught us about the future society and the world? So can we... Yeah, can we be more prepared if something like this happens in the future or how do you think? how do you think? what can we learn?
0: Well I think that first of all the pandemic prevented of course the physical contact and brought about restrictions. But uh, technology helped us a lot and gave us the opportunity to reach more people okay at a larger scale, which is something we experienced also in the map competition. And I think uh, the pandemic has uh, brought about and focused a lot on a lot of fears we had. But at the same time, it can be seen also as an opportunity for rethinking the way of our life. So coming to your question, I think Tommy, um, the one hand to be prepared, I think it's challenging to say about being prepared about events that uh, are unpredictable, But the experience from this pandemic has shown us that um, we should appreciate more things we already have or focus on what is important and provide help whenever we can. Because the next day we may be in the position of those who are in need. So we're thinking about these basic values. And I think if everyone uh, does this, on a personal level, we're thinking about the personal values, then in a sense, uh, if not prepared, we are more, um, how shall I say it? Um, more there, more there in, in our reality. Mm-hmm. And this gives the uh, strength. So this makes us stronger as people to overcome any challenges that the future will be.
1: Mm-hmm. So if I hear right, so it's like uh, like having values, Certain values, um, being kind and 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 um, helping us, um, helping others, um, and uh, having kind of a mindset rather than like like list of like this is how you um, get prepared.
0: Yes, because life doesn't have a manual, as mm-hmm. we would have read it, and uh, you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> by the way, there is this uh, book by Bedej, uh George Bedej, uh Life Emmanuel. I highly <laughs> recommend. Have you read it? By the way.
0: No, but now that you're telling it.
1: <laughs> okay, I, I'll I'll send you a link to it. It's uh, it's amazing, and I'll also add it to the podcast comments. I think it's 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 an excellent book. Um, but but yeah, I ac- absolutely agree. I mean, even if there is this this book uh, or that book, this this life. Unfortunately, it doesn't have a manual, but I don't know, perhaps it's a good thing because then we can always learn new things. And uh, it's it's also a lot of nice surprises. Um, Hey, what did you learn last time, Alchioni? And where did it happen? Was it online or through a book or how? Um,
0: I think it was something I learned from the journey throughout the map competition. And uh, it's the simple word, take the risk. So if you believe in an idea, no matter how crazy it may sound or no matter how many people avoid you from doing it, just do it. And at the end, you will see it was worth taking the risk and going through this journey. A journey always leads you to something. And in a journey, you always learn. Even from your worst experience, you will learn something. And this is your asset for the future. So I think this is something I I learned recently.
1: I love that. I absolutely love that. Uh, It's, uh, yeah, take the risk and uh, you always, at least you learn something. And if you bring a community with you and they learn something, it was worth it. Right. Um, Final question, Alkioni. And um, I'm asking this from all guests. So um, as you know, the uh, podcast is um, Cloud Reaches. So kind of reaching out dreams or or um, something that is not here, um, future cloud, also kind of online, um, somehow bringing new ideas forward. Um, So, um, what do you think, um, who or which can be also an organisation, is a cloud-reacher in your mind?
0: Um, I think cloud-reachers are all those who inspire people. For example, all educators uh, who inspire their students to become little explorers, search for stories, take interviews, design the maps, create these geostories, for us are cloud reachers, and we see it happening. Mm, And uh, what I firmly believe is that we are all potential cloud reachers, as long as we love and are committed to what we do. And of course, as long as we are willing to bring things one step further. So I think this is my idea of a cloud reacher.
1: I absolutely love that. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's uh, not just one single person, but it's, uh, it's all that, um, that uh, have the courage to uh, and, and joy perhaps also to take risks and, uh, and bring a field forward. I love that. Hey, this was great. And uh, let's uh, have another episode because I think uh, we didn't touch uh, some of the things <laughs> we, we could have, but uh, then it would take uh, like a whole podcast series. Let's do that. Um, thank you so much, Kenny, for joining me.
0: Thank you for inviting me, Tommy.
1: Thanks. Take care. Bye. So this was Cloud I'm um, Tommy Kalpinen. I had a guest, uh, Alkin Bakalhati. Hope you enjoyed it um, as much as we did. Um, see you. Bye.